Welcome to A Texan's View of the World with your host, Jeb Bashaw. Happy summer to all. My name is Jeb Bashaw, and this is my podcast, A Texan's View of the World. As you know, we are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google, and iHeartRadio. This is the first week of summer, and here in Texas, we can sure feel it. It's over 100 degrees, and that seems to be the norm, not the exception. In fact, it's weather like this that has turned Ann Deary into a Coloradan. It's been a while, and a lot has gone on since the last podcast, and I have a whole preparation for today, but I do want to talk about the news of the day, which is the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. No matter which side you're on, it's a victory for America, because as you know, the founders started with a system in which we had a system of checks and balances, and the job of Congress is to pass laws, and the job of the executive branch is to administer those laws, and the job of the justice is to make sure those laws are constitutional. And I believe that Roe v. Wade was incorrectly created at a whole cloth. Most legal scholars believe that. Casey was the same way. And so today, nothing happened except that the SCOTUS, the Supreme Court of the United States, sent it back to the people who should be making those decisions. You know, this whole thing was a chance for legislators to duck their responsibility to do their job. And and I'm going to talk a little bit about that today and some of the ways they do those things. But this is a great exercise in American freedom, and I couldn't be more excited. Obviously, I'm pro-life. I'm selfishly, I believe that if we don't, we're not pro-life, we'll run out of people, and that kind of makes for a pretty flat earth. But I also believe in protecting uh, the dignity of life from uh, conception to death. And so while each state will have their chance to make their own feelings known, I do believe that today is a great, great day, and it resets the uh, in a fair way so that uh, folks can continue to exercise their free rights as Americans. And so it's a very exciting today. Now back on to something even maybe a little more timely uh, or as timely, but maybe a little different. And that is what happened in Uvalde. I can honestly say that nothing has impacted me more than the tragedy in Uvalde this year. As a native Texan, it's of course hits particularly close to home. It's just down the street from us here in Houston. And all those emotions that run through our minds, like so tragic, like I can't believe it happened here, like lives forever changed. These are all the things we say to try and comprehend a tragedy that seems so incomprehensible. And as a Christian, we have to ask, where is God in all this? I have lots of answers, including God is always there. Maybe he's trying to get our attention. Maybe God wanted those babies with him. But if I were a parent who lost a child in this manner, I really don't think there's much solace in those words. And then, of course, as always, the finger-pointing begins. It was the gun's fault. It was a teacher that left the door open. It was a chief of police who told the officers to stand down. This is all nonsense, of course. We cannot legislate morality, and evil is all around us. Assigning blame is a human approach to something which is so beyond our comprehension. It's like assigning time. In Ecclesiastes, it said that there is a time for everything, a time to be born and a time to die. We never know when death will come for us or for our loved ones, but I assure you that those young children received a blessed welcome from our Lord Jesus Christ. So what to do? I, for one, am worn out. I'm tired of the division that grips these issues, a division driven by our elected officials on both sides, the media, and the people who truly hate this country. They say things like, it doesn't happen elsewhere. Well, this is patently false. Being shot in a school or stabbed on a street corner or pushed into an oncoming subway creates the same outcome, death at the hands of someone who is evil. 
of someone who is innocent. Period. End of story. You aren't more dead because you got shot. You're just as dead. And our elected officials will look everywhere but the right place to solve the problem. The problem is not guns or door locks or armed teachers or not having armed teachers. The problem is not video games or drug abuse or mental health. It's a lack of having a faith-centered life led by and in a loving family. That's it. Let me repeat that. It's a lack of having a faith-centered life led by and in a loving family. Let me explain what I mean. If you're a family that has dealt with alcoholism or drug abuse, you know it didn't just start at the crisis level. That person had a long history of it, and it eventually became intolerable. Mental health is the same way. Affected people don't just start screaming at people on street corners. Something puts people on that path. Accordingly, no one is born evil. We are all born in God's image, but somewhere along the way, that person begins a path towards evil. It could be led by alcoholism or drugs or abuse, or it could just be a lack of love. I, Fortune, was raised in a home of love. My mother and I never went to bed without saying, Good night, God bless you, I love you. I raised my kids the same way, abbreviated G-N-G-B-I-O-Y, because, of course, we live in a world of texting. Laurel and I will often text each other several times during the day just to say, what you doing? I love you. What a wonderful feeling to hear that. It makes my whole day to hear that from one of our children or from my beloved wife. As most of you know, I'm not much of an exercise person. Okay, that's an overstatement. I don't exercise at all. I do one sit-up every morning. But people who do exercise talk about this endorphin rush, the feeling that's triggered is it's called a runner's high. That's the way I feel about love in all its forms, a familial love, a love of friends, a love of your most sacred marital love. All those are endorphins for me. So as I perfectly reviewed the mass killings in Buffalo, New York, or Uvalde, Texas, my endorphin rush is the same. I grieve and love for those families affected. I pray for the person or persons who did this heinous act, because for whatever their stated reasons, it's abundantly clear to me that they are not loved or did not feel loved. Perhaps they've never been loved. Perhaps someone abused them or introduced them to chemicals that altered their way of thinking to the point that rage and hate became the substitute for love. It's said that nature abhors a vacuum, and I believe that. If there is no love, the only thing that will fill its space is either indifference, which is not healthy, or hate, which manifests itself in evil. Make no mistake, evil exists. The devil is active in our lives every day. If God is love, then the absence of love would naturally be the devil. All he wants to do, he being God, he being the devil, I mean, would be to separate us from God. And I was told as a young child that we could never imagine the wonderful sight of God in heaven. It would be absolutely beyond our most incredible dreams. And I think that's why we're so challenged here on earth with the evil that exists. It's the polar opposite of God's love for us, and that's what makes it so hard to comprehend. Now to the rest of the story. As I looked at this, I decided, and I looked at the young men who had been involved in some of these heinous acts, they all had the same theme. They were all raised in single-family homes. They didn't have an active father, an active mother. They had gotten into the wrong crowd. Many times they were involved in drugs or alcohol. And they thought their only way out, I guess, was to create this heinous act. And they will be judged uh, not only here on earth by our judicial system, but they'll also be judged by God. And I feel for them. 
But what can we do to change the trajectory of that activity? And Laurel and I have looked hard and wide over the last 30 days since these tragedies occurred. And we found two great organizations, one in Winnie, Texas, which invites and takes care of young men, kind of adolescents, to take them on fishing trips and hunting trips. And as the founder says, we just give them a Bible and a fishing rod, and they work everything else out. And then there's another group down in uh, Corpus Christi we found, um, and they do the same thing. They take care of young men, expose them to the outdoors, because needless to say, sitting in front of a computer all day is a pretty dreary way to go through life. And with what's coming out of COVID, a lot of these kids have not been experienced. They don't have the social skills that many kids have because they've been locked down. And so we support these organizations. And if you'll reach out to me at uh, jamesebashaw.com, I'll be happy to give you their contact information. Laura and I have made some grants to them recently, and we couldn't be more excited about the difference they're making in the lives of young men. So that's really what we want to see happen, and we think that is the root cause of the evil that you see today, and that's the best way to turn it. But as I said, now to the rest of the story, I also believe we have the most incompetent and perhaps criminal elected officials I've ever seen in my lifetime. And as I prayed last night, I was thinking about how far we've come from the Ten Commandments. We've run God out of our schools, out of our communities, out of our state, our federal offices, and we wonder where God is in all this. And then in an effort to assign blame and put symbolism over substance, our idiot politicians came up with a gun bill that will not do one damn thing to save lives. We don't need any more gun bills. We need heart bills. Help young people get closer to God. Help people get two parents in the home. Support families that need help. Give them a hand up, not a hand out. Teach these young men and young women how to fish, not just give them a fish. This is all common sense, something sorely lacking in today's Congress. The Uvalde shooter is a poster child for a lack of love and a lack of family involvement. He never had a chance, just like the young children he killed. And that's what's so sad. So I watched this bill come out and the ridiculous round of self-congratulations that always seems to follow for doing nothing. This crowd is truly the do-nothing crowd. And then in my prayers, I thought, jokingly, what if the Congress today decided to rewrite the Ten Commandments? What would that look like? I mean, they obviously believe that the written word, like, say, the Constitution, means something other than what the founders wrote. So maybe the Ten Commandments were just the Ten Suggestions, or maybe they could be improved upon by really, really smart people. You know, people smarter than God, like Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi. So I want to share with you today my interpretation of what the Ten Commandments would look like if rewritten today by our elected officials. Let's start at the top. The first commandment. I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt not have any gods before me. <laughs> right out of the chute, we can see all the things God left out. First, he didn't indicate any pronoun preference. Is God, he, she, they? Come on, man. That's just hurtful to gender-fluid people. And why so limiting? What if your, quote, God is Starbucks or Lexus or Range Rover? Congress doesn't want to limit things. It's like my body, my choice, except when it comes to vaccines. So no, we'd probably have to change the first commandment entirely and make some allowances for folks to do things they wanted to do. And then we get to the second commandment. Thou shalt not make for yourselves idols or worship them. See, at Congress, we would have lumped one and two together. What's with all the not, not, not stuff? Why can't we worship things like our bodies or new cars or anything we see in People magazine? And what's wrong with the little idol worship? How's that going to hurt anyone? This is just crazy. Then we get to the third commandment. 
You shall not take the Lord's name in vain. Okay, hold on. This sounds like you're limiting free speech. We are definitely in Congress against this. What if you're on, say, 59 South, headed towards Victoria and someone cuts you off? You can't yell GD in your car by yourself? <laughs> Look, if Dr. Fauci is going to require people to wear a mask in their car all by themselves, the least we can do is let them drop a few muffled F-bombs and a good old-fashioned GD every once in a while. In fact, we're going to pass a law to scratch us all together. I mean, free speech is in the Constitution. We can't let God infringe on our rights. Then we get to the fourth commandment. Keep holy the Sabbath. All right, what the hell is the Sabbath? Yeah, sure, we were founded on Judeo-Christian values, but let's not get carried away. That sounds like Jewish mystical gibberish. Let's just change it to Saturday, say, slash Sunday, and that kind of captures it all. Unless there's really something fun you want to do, and then you can waive the requirement. Just because God rested on the seventh day, look at all the things he didn't think of, like climate change or CRT. If he just worked one day harder, we wouldn't have all these problems today. Now, the U.S. Congress, we can fix all this stuff. Just like adding one more law to the 300,000 gun control laws we now have, that will fix it. Then we get to the fifth commandment, honor thy father and mother. What does this even mean? First, why do we have to honor people if we can have false gods or idols? This is like Catholics praying to Mary. Second, shouldn't mother come before father? And third, what if Bobby has two mommies or two daddies? What about Pete Buttigieg and his wife husband? We're not opposed to it just seems too dated. In fact, we'll have to get back to work on this after the other, quote, big issues we're working on. Sixth commandment, you shall not murder. Hold on. This seems like a sneaky way to end abortion. This is what those crazy evangelicals do. I mean, Moses was Jewish, but he probably would be an evangelical Christian today and working out of that old summit building on, free, on this freeway in Houston. I mean, Cain killed Abel with a rock, but who are we to judge? As long as he didn't do it with an AR-15, he has a right to do what he wants to do, within reason. And what about the death penalty, huh? Huh? That sounds pretty bad. These are all the things that Congress would review today. And, you know, there probably weren't even any black people in Moses' time, so I haven't given that any thought. Black people represent only 13% of the population, but 50% of the incarcerated prisoners. That's what they always tell us. Explain that. Ha! Next, you're going to tell us that a 78-year-old man with dementia got 81 million votes for president while sitting in his basement. Oh, wait, scratch that. Okay, we'll keep no murder, but only in the case of rape, incest, or to save the mother's life, as long as it doesn't restrict the woman's ability to say my body or my choice or something like that. And we're going to put the rapist or incest people in jail because they were probably mistreated as children or black or something like that. I don't know. We'll have to work on that one, too. And then the seventh commandment, you shall not commit adultery. Well, let's just scratch that all together. This is Washington, D.C. Let's put this under my body, my choice, or something else, because it really isn't anyone else's business like vaccines or HIPAA laws. Then we get to the eighth commandment, thou shall not steal. Again, now you're hitting below the belt. What is the reason to become a politician if you can't steal legally? Yeah, maybe we should add thou shall not steal illegally. That way we can give money to our friends, open up foundations to enrich ourselves, use insider trading, vote for bills that will increase the value of our real estate holdings or those of our families. Hello, Burisma isn't just a gas company in Ukraine. It's the Biden family honeypot. Solyndra, don't hear much about them anymore. We need more solar or figure out a way to bottle all that hot air in Washington. 
So we agree then. We will add the world illegally at the end. Much better. I think the Eighth Commandment sounds better. Thou shalt not steal illegally. Finally, the Ninth Commandment, and I guess the Tenth. Don't covet your neighbor's wife and don't covet your neighbor's goods. Well, we need to scratch that all together. What's the point in having an elite political class if the peasants don't have anything to look up to? People with fancy refrigerators eating designer ice cream and flying around on private jets telling us that the world's going to come to an end if we don't get off of fossil fuels. So that's kind of the way I see the things today if the Congress were to rewrite the Ten Commandments. In fact, it wouldn't even be Ten Commandments. It would be the five suggestions, assuming that it didn't hurt anyone else's feelings. Well, I know this is facetious and probably never going to happen, but I do. I am amazed at how our political class has created all the division in this country and not seemingly willing to take any responsibility for it. As I drove in today to the studio, it was amazing listening to the commentary about the roadway decision made this morning. It's almost a fundamental misunderstanding about how, and it is a fundamental misunderstanding about how our country works. And that's what I guess is so sad. As I said at the outside, we have gotten so far away from the Ten Commandments, we're not even close to it anymore. And while I think that they're a great starting place, there's so many other things we can do to make this a wonderful place to live. And number one is just be nice to each other. I think that if everybody just took the same energy to be nice as they do to be ugly, this would be a heck of a lot better place to be. As most of the people listen to this podcast, I live a very blessed life, just as you do. And I am so grateful that many of the hard choices that I'm talking about today, whether it be school shootings or abortion or other things, frankly, a lot of us never have had to face that. Many of us have, but many of us have not, because we live in a blessed life. But because we live in a blessed life doesn't mean we don't have a right to speak up for those injustices that we see. And that's the reason I do it, because I truly believe we can make this country of ours and the world of ours a better place to live. I guess that's it for my um, soapbox today. It's uh, Friday, the uh, 24th of June. It's a hot, hot Friday. I hope you and your family have a wonderful weekend and a safe summer. I'll be back here in the next couple of weeks to add another podcast, and I hope you'll continue to follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and, of course, iHeartRadio. And as always, remember that yesterday was history, tomorrow's a mystery, and today is a present from God. This is Jeb Bashaw, and this is my podcast, A Texan's View of the World.